Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CCC Podcast, Cut the Check Podcast. We have a, another episode of the Who's Where Series, man. Another one that I that I'm excited about this this week. One of my one of my guys, you know what I'm saying? Ain't, ain't, ain't none of this uh ain't none of this soft softness on the podcast, ain't on there today. You know what I'm saying? So uh we had to we had to kick Dom Joe off the podcast today, man. <laughs> Dom Joe, man. If it ain't one thing, it's the next with him. Uh but but let's go ahead and get to our regular uh host, man. Max, what's up, Max? Hey, what up, world? How y'all doing? Dom Joe messing it up, but we still here, you know what I'm saying? We're going to hold it down. Hey, what should we do about it, man? I mean, he's, he's in a freaking high school basketball game right now. Oh, oh no, he's not. You know <laughs> no, he's not. He's I think it's something more important than that. Game, yeah, look at his IG story. Talking about, oh, it's, it's lit in here. You know what I'm saying, man? Hey, man. I thought he had something legit to do. No, no, I was going like this from the beginning, man. You know what? Guys only put, people will only put, We'll only make priorities, things that you require to make priorities. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, we done moving things around for Dom Joe, man. Because you know what? Because if it's between the podcast and obviously a basketball, high school basketball game, we got to be going with the high school game, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. That's disrespectful, bro. I love that high, man. We over here trying to run a business. Yeah, man. We got one of our special guests on here, man. One of my my, uh, favorite teammates to play with, man. Big 30 is what it goes by my book. Big 30. Yo, what's up, man? I appreciate y'all for having me, man. For sure, man. So, uh, Asar, man, Asar, you know, he one of a, you know, I like I like Big 30 because Big 30 came in as a uh, as a safety. And we was back then, man. I always wear a big safety back then. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> When the DBs, when the DBs uh, huddled up, man, I was one of the tallest DBs, and I wasn't even scratching six foot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, I always wanted to be a big intimidating back, intimidator back there, man. And Big Thirty showed up. I said, "Now nah, that's what we talking about. That's what we, we talking, talking about, about, man." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you looking yeah. for? Then, then you know, Coach Gro left, and you know what I'm saying they moved Big Thirty all the way up to. I yeah. think I think Big Thirty has to spot the snaps of defense a lot. Yeah, that's what we talking about, man. One of the better athletes I've seen come through the University of Virginia, and you know, he actually was the first person that, um, that I think got to wear the number three after Dex. Is that, yeah. is that no? Marcus Hamilton wore on the defense, on the defense side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, because I know Marcus Hamilton won it, so I know but not too many people get to wear number three, man. That's a short list right there. That's, nah, that's, that, that's Marcus Hamilton. That's Star Walcott. That's Quinn. That's Quinn Blandy. You know what I'm saying? So you uh, can't just wear number three. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I had, ask, I had to ask. I had to ask. I had to ask just before I before I got that thing. But yeah, I got number. I asked him. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, you know, Big Thirty, University of Virginia. They would have seen him in safety, man. Y'all, we missed out on, uh, on about three or four solid good good years if we had Big Thirty back there at, at safety with the with the finger tape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> with the finger tape, man. That's so, very true. Uh, 
I'm excited to get him on here because, man, Big 30 has a, a, a very interesting story that I'm sure he's excited to tell and excited to um, get all of our listeners to, to uh, listen. So um, I'm going to try not to call him Big 30 the whole time. So sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry, tell everybody, how did you end up at UVA in the first place? Um, so I ended up at UVA. There was a there was a um, there was a defensive lineman. Uh, his name was Jermaine Diaz. He he was uh, he was from Hackensack, and he ended up going to UVA. Um, the year they went to the bowl, he, that was his last year. I think they went to the uh, uh, what bowl was that they went to? He was um, down in um, the Gator Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his last year there. So like that was like a good. That was somebody that always came back up to Hackensack. You know, that mentored me. You know, and um, and uh, they offered me, and when they offered me, you know, I talked to him about it, and we just sat down and talked, and he told me, he said, "Listen, it's great. You know, ACC, you're gonna compete against the best. Um, you get a great education. Uh, and he said, you know, it's just different there. Like guys become, you know, the family. It's not like how, you know, and I didn't know this at the time, but a lot of other uh, friends that I had that went to other schools." Um, they, don't even really, like, they, don't even, they don't even really talk to their teammates anymore. You know what I mean? So he was in like, a brotherhood there. And um, I took into that and I trusted him. And I went down there and I visited. Uh, and I, I wanted to play. I wanted to, um, but I didn't know that uh, Coach Dex was going to move over to the defense side of the ball. But I was a safety and I, and I loved, and I loved Anthony Poindexter. You know what I mean? In my opinion, yeah. he was the best safety in college football to ever play the game. Three-time All-American. And, you know, he, was, he used to come over to my school, him and Bob Giacco. And, you know, they got me to commit, and I ended up there. Because I had a few – I had a lot of offers. Like, I even – people don't even know, yo, Ohio State offered me to play tailback. <laughs> my, uh, hey, my yeah, senior, we didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, my, my Athlete senior, right there. My, 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 uh, my, my senior year, like I said, I, I rushed for over 1,200 – I rushed for over 1,200 yards in six games and 11 touchdowns. Yeah, hmm. So they, they – yeah, but then I ended up uh, getting hurt or whatever. But Ohio State came, and they offered me to play tailback. And then Zeke came here the year after that, so I was happy I didn't go there. But um, yeah, I was a great running back, but I only played for one year, so I knew I wasn't a running back, like you know, as far as the next level. But um, but UV, I knew they always had a good defense. They always had great DBs coming out of there. You know, I did my homework on that as far as that, and I felt like I could go there and I could play. You know what I mean? I could play just the best, so I ended up going there, and, um, and that's how I ended up there. For sure. So, um, what's it like, man? I ain't never been hacking seconds. Talk about where you where you from, man, and how that was it. And was it a big shock when you showed up to you as far as where you from and where Definitely a big shock. I mean, I'm seven minutes from the George Washington Bridge. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, as a kid, we, could, we used to ride our bikes across the bridge into, the, into, into New York, into the city. You know what I mean? And hacking yeah. sack here is like the cornerstone of. Bergen County. Bergen County is one of the richest counties in, in, in the United States. Bergen County. And we're the cornerstone of Bergen County. So you have the courthouse here, the, the sheriff's department here. So you have everything here. So it's a big city. And I went to school with a lot of kids. We have, we have uh, one, two, three, four. There's four different cities that go to my school, which is all labeled as Hackensack. But there's four different cities that go to Hackensack. So my school is huge. So um, very diverse. Um, different type of people, um, but it just was a, it was a big um, it was a big difference in just the things were like a lot faster here. Um, like you, I guess you could just get away with more as far as academics or whatnot or this or that. So like it was just a big culture shock going out there. 
Um, everything was land. You know, people are, I liked it though. You know, people are a lot more uh, patient with you. People are a lot more uh, kind and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But it definitely was like a shock to me when I first got there. You know, I, I was coming from like, and, I, and I'm a like, and I'm a laid back person. But I was coming there and it was like, dang, like I'm not even laid. I feel like I'm not even a laid back person anymore. Everybody too is laid back. So it was like, it was definitely like a little different in like the, you know, the people and all that type of stuff. I remember, yeah, let me tell you what's up. I knew it was different when the first day of orientation, right? I dropped my wallet in the, um, I dropped my wallet in the cash. I had like $200 in it, cash. I dropped my wallet in the cash. I came back and my wallet was still there for all my money. <laughs> <laughs> I still there. They didn't take yeah, a dime. Said, yeah, they didn't take a dime, bro. I said, yeah, this is crazy. Like, people were walking around my wallet, this guy, like, and no one touched it. I guess they thought that somebody, I don't know what they thought, but no one touched it. So I knew that, I knew that was just, you know, back here, I just had somebody taking it. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, hey, you drop your wallet, you drop your wallet in some places, boy, man. The only thing you don't get back is, is the flat. That's what's up, though. So, um, you got the UVA, man, um. You know how was how was the school situation with you? Was it was you was you uh, able to adapt to it pretty easily? Did you study what you wanted to study? Did they sell that to you? Was that one of the reasons why you came because of the education? Like how was the, the the education part and what did you expect from it? Yeah, the education played a big part in it because my mom was very um she wanted me to you know get a get a great education from a great school. I you know they're like number two the number two uh number two ranked public school behind like Michigan. So like. It definitely was, uh, you know, part of the education. It was a big a difference because I'm coming from a public school. So I'm coming from public school in Hackensack where, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not the, it's not the best education. You know what I mean? So like I'm coming as a freshman, I'm a kid, you know what I mean? Getting thrown into, you know, these huge classes with, you know, 20 page papers and this and that. So it definitely was a struggle. You gotta remember, though, we came in, I believe we came in with, um, my class came in, I believe, with 22 kids on scholarship, but, and Rodney and Kim were the only ones that didn't register. I believe Rodney, Kim, and I think Austin were the only ones that didn't register. And my senior year, I was the only, my senior year, it was only three of us left from my class. You know what I mean? That's crazy. So, like, yeah, it was like me, Colt, and, and Shouts. That, that were on scholarship that were left hmm. in, in my class. Everybody else was like a walk-on. Kyle had walked on. He was still there with us. But for the most part, everybody was gone because of the academics, most of the, for the most part. You know what I mean? It was hard to balance, especially a lot of these kids coming from the public, public school system, it was hard to balance the, the, uh, the academics. And then, like, you're playing at the top level of football. So, like, you know, the balance is crazy. Man, I look, when I look back at that stuff, the stuff that I used to do to, like, you know, you know, you know, get a paper in on time or do this or do that. I was like, it was a crazy hustle, but it prepared me for, you know, things I'm going through today. Straight up. Um, so you, so how was your, um, so, so, you know, you come in, you're probably one of the best athletes we've seen come in as far as just like size, weight, speed, ability, uh, aggression, you know what I'm saying? What nothing soft about you. So, I mean, you check every single box, man. So, you know, why do you think it came to the point where, you know, say you was kind of just like, 
you know, I expected like two-time All-American. Why do you think you never came out and shook out like that? Um, so honestly, probably because the things that I was, the, the, the bad decision making that I was making, bad making okay. bad decisions, not taking it as serious as I should have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different, uh, uh, different, um, you know, issues that I had on going on with myself that I never really even knew about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, but just different things, like, you know, based off, you know, my childhood or something like that, because I mean, I should have been, I should have been like a, been like a two-time All-American first, first round, second round, uh, guy, you know what I mean? But like, it was just decision, my decision making wasn't, wasn't, wasn't where it needed to be at that time. You know what I mean? Like, I do you think that do you think that stems from who you hang around, or you think that stems from uh, like, what do you think that stems from? Why do you, how do you think you could get around? Because I know there was a time when, you know, I was uh, the senior and you was coming around. I tried to keep you around, and work out with me, and things of that nature. Like, and you was trying to do it, and you know, not too many people try to work out with me because I move at a fast pace. So I'm like, I hate you know what I'm saying. I I invite anybody to come to come do that. Um, yeah. so do you think that you, do you think that it's kind of like, um, you know, I, 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 on purpose, isolated myself, yeah, you know I what I'm saying? Like, like I isolate myself on purpose because I never wanted my environment to take away from my goals. Do you right. feel like that's something that you could have benefited from or that you could have kind of learned from? Oh, uh, no, nah, definitely. Definitely. It was, um, it definitely was some people that I was surrounding myself with and then I would surround myself with them and at times I wouldn't think from like I'm a leader you know but at times yeah. I wouldn't lead you know what I mean I would follow something or I would just make a bad decision you know what I mean like like yeah. you can all sometimes you could be around somebody that you know somebody may you know look at them the wrong way but it's your decision to do it with like no one's ever forced you to do anything you know what I mean so like yeah it, it came down to like the decisions that I was making like I wasn't like you know making clear decisions that that have benefited my future. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't thinking about it like that, honestly. Yeah. At times I would, but I wasn't thinking about Like, you thought about that. You thought about stuff like that. I mean, every single... I remember you used to... To me, like... I remember you used to show me your notebook and everything was like you had your own itinerary. You know what I mean? And your clock yeah, would go yeah. off, you would leave. I'd be like, yo, where mini going? Like, you know what I mean? Like, your watch would go <laughs> off. Like, you had it all set up. <laughs> you had it all set up like that. I, I didn't have the structure. I didn't structure... Yeah that way you know what i'm saying i didn't i didn't do it like that and then i, I would make on top of that i would make decisions that you know weren't like in my, in my best interest you know what i mean yeah so um you know just to like summarize the uva experience man you you, you um did you ever did you ever get suspended at all i can't even remember uh yeah i got suspended yeah i got suspended yeah was it academics or was it like? Um, no, nah, I know, never got suspended academics. I always, I always, like, I always was, I always was on top of my work. I never was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I Academics. It was always off the like that is off the field, but it was always like I got into a fight. Or yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I got suspended for going up to JMU. To JMU, um, the JMU situation. Yeah. And so let's talk kids, about that. Let's talk about that situation. Yeah. Let's talk about the the, the JMU situation because one thing I do know about Sar is Sar is a guy that. You know, he's going to ride for the people that he's with. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, that's a good thing, but at the same time, it could be a bad thing if you're with the wrong yeah. people. It's you know a good thing saying? on the field, though. I'll give you that. Hey, I, yeah, I always yeah, knew, yeah. hey, push came to shove, I big 30 on the field, I'm like, oh, we got a chance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> and there's a couple things that really stood out to me. 
One, when Big 30 really came up there, he was probably like a true freshman. He true yeah. freshman. And, uh, you know, in the summer, everybody starts, you know, get a little peed off of everybody and everybody, you know what I'm saying, is just acting a fool because it's just like long days and long nights. And yeah. Big 30 whooped to the Pope, one of our teammates, couldn't even get his helmet off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, we was in the, uh, in the room. <laughs> And Wait, what I do? The, I never hear you. He had to take the air out the I helmet. Said, you you were one of our teammates to the point where they couldn't even get their helmet on before practice. Oh, yeah, me and T-Mac. <laughs> that was my boy. The first time we I, in the really, room. I really seen where I saw, like, he'll go to the next level. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I was kind of the same way, but I would only do it on the field. You know what I'm saying? You would never right, see me right. get into anything outside of, like, the field. But on the field, I would act a donkey. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right yeah. But Big Thirty, that's when I noticed that Big Thirty he'll go there if you if you cross him. You know what I'm saying? Um, outside of, outside of like the 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 game outside of football, and and that's when I was like, I wonder why he would let these people kind of like instigate him to get to that level. Right. Uh, um, and I always remember thinking that, but you know, it wasn't a bad thing until it turned into a bad thing. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Um, so how do you how do you feel? Do you feel like that's something that um, was kind of like a a reoccurring thing? The fact of like you could you could go there and you couldn't come back cross the line and it was it was kind of over. Wait, can you say that again? So do you feel like it was a do you feel like it was a reoccurring thing that you could cross the line and take it to the next level? And you know, like almost like how I used to feel on the field, like it was almost like blackout. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. You know, once you get there, you're like, I'm there. And it's kind of hard to go back. You know what I'm saying? Do you ever feel like that's a, that was a situation for yourself? Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Once I, like, I tried, I never, I tried not to get mad at things and stuff like that. Because I know, like, yeah. my temperament, once, I, once I'm there, I'm there. It's, it's kind of hard for, to, for me to come back after that. You know, yeah. so, so I always let a lot of stuff slide. It, has, it takes a lot for me to, like, it takes a like it takes a lot for me to you know really you have to really do something to me and for the most for the for the most part is when you put your hands on me you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that's when like I don't even like when I was at that age I couldn't even like you know I couldn't even think you know I'm just enraged <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah, like, bro, yeah, I stuff like yeah no yeah no I feel that I feel that but you're not the only person that's had to deal with that you know what I'm saying. Like it's a it's a it's a long line of usually African American males where you know I had a kid that played on my high school team that was probably just like you six foot three six foot three play safety could run four three bench press the world all those different types of things but at the Uh end of the day he couldn't even get to the college level just because you know he would he would he would black out you know what I'm saying he would go off on whoever whenever coaches. Parents, other teammates, teachers—it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. it, if, it, if it got to that point, like it would it would go there. Um, yeah. And I, and I always felt like I always felt some type of way that I couldn't like communicate or be a better example because at the same time I had the same issue, but it was always inside the game. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I would I would black out inside the game. I never I always could could get to the point where it right. was. It was a further enough line outside of the game where I never, I right. never, never really spazzed out on nobody outside of like in right. the, in the sport. And I don't know if it was because I was isolating myself and I could like always get back to like my individual self or what it right. is. But sometimes you just can't go back. And do you think that's like a system of? First of all, it's a it's it's, a, it's something that you 
you wish you could have handled earlier or talked mm-hmm. to somebody about or somebody could have helped you with or helped you realize yeah. the situation? Yeah, that that yeah, that comes from like my upbringing. Like, I, I, no yeah. one really knows. Like, uh, like I never used to talk talk to people about like how I was raised, or you know, people mm-hmm. don't really know that stuff. So I was a, I was a to myself type of person. You know what I mean? But that's but I'm doing the doc and, and like the uh, the series of my life right now, and it's kind of almost like therapy because I gotta go back. I'm, I sit down with these writers, and they make me go back, and and they bring up memories, and they make me go talk to like I never had a relationship with my father. You know what I mean? So yeah. they make me go and talk to my to to his to his brothers or his aunt his aunts, and now I'm like getting an understanding of why I used to be angry or why I do this or why I do that. Like I'm the youngest out of ten mm-hmm. kids. You know what I mean? Like no, yeah. uh, like I don't know, you know if anybody knew that. I'm the youngest out of ten kids. My father. Um, oh damn! I didn't know that. Father, <clears throat> yeah, my father was like a very. My father came here from St. Croix. At 17 years old, he came from St. Croix at 17, and he moved to. Uh, so he was an immigrant. He moved to. Um, he moved to, to the Bronx, and started working in the Bronx. And um, he started working. He was. He started working for Nicky Barnes. He was like security for Nicky Barnes. So he did for security for Nicky Barnes. So like you could just tell. Like my father was like six five, like two fifty, but like <clears throat> lean, like I am. You know what I mean? Like he was a lean guy. He wasn't like a. Or like a heavy overset over like oh, like a fat guy. He was lean or whatever. So he moves here or whatever as a uh, as an immigrant. But he's very smart. He spoke three languages. He like he was a very like he came here. He started working. He, he put himself in school like all that stuff. But he just had that other side of him where like you know he was just like he was Nicky Barnes bodyguard. Anybody knows who Nicky Barnes is? That's like one of the notorious like drug dealers in Harlem or whatever that like yeah. you know that that they had to take down and he ended up ratting on everybody and this and that. But he was his security. He was, and he was his driver. You know what I mean? So like, and then at that around that time, he was with my mom still. My mom didn't leave him yet. I was about I was about uh, six years old when my mother ended up leaving him because he went and did he went he got locked up and did seven years. So my mom said he was a very like you know like physical aggressive person. You know what I mean? Like when it came to anything. So like yeah. I kind of like started learning about like more of who I am and stuff like about myself or whatever. So like, and then from there. We uh he moved us around a lot because they would open up these bars and he would be running he would be running the numbers out the bars and stuff he he would be he would be um he would be running the bars so we used to always live in another city like every two years every year you know what I mean so like yeah. like like that being said uh like like then after my mom left him we kind of continued to do that we kind of continued to move around until I finally landed in Hackensack I moved to Hackensack when I was a, a, in middle school. You know what I mean? Before that, I was in like four or five other cities, you know, in New Jersey, just moving around. So with that being said, like, you know, you're the new kid. People always try you. People always yeah. try you. People always like, you know, challenge you. I was good at sports. Uh, like some, like, you know, some of their girls might have liked me, this or that. So like, you know, they would try to, you know, they would try to bully me. You know what I mean? But like, they didn't really know who I was. I was just a small, skinny kid. But like, I'll, I'll lose it and I'll beat one of them up and then everybody will leave me alone. But then I would move yeah. again and have to go do it all over again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Always like, prove yourself. Yeah, they'd be like, who? Like, who? And I'm and I'm in the inner cities in, in Jersey. Like, I'm I'm moving in cities. You know what I'm saying? Like, I lived in the project, yeah. like apartment buildings, this that. So like, I'm not living in like you know what I'm saying somewhere where it could just be peaceful for me. I'm living in these, and then I'm coming in one of the best basketball players, one of the best football players, and stuff like that. And like a lot of kids, like you know, a lot of kids gonna hate. They gonna be like, yo, who who you think you are? You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. 
Yeah, yeah. so and then I always had to like prove myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. I always had to prove myself and um and then I was the youngest out of ten. So like I always had to like try to like prove myself, like, you know what I mean? They, my brothers would beat me up and do this, do that. So I always had to try to like, you know, like, you know, make make people understand that, like, yo, like I'm not Get like, some respect. Put some respect on it. Yeah, you know what Straight I mean? Put some respect on my name. Like those just like trying to like, that's play what it is. And that was my thing with football. And it had nothing to do with like upbringing or nut. It was more about my dad was who he was and I always felt like people considered me to be less than that. You know what I'm right, saying? So right. when I was a blackout person in football, it was always for respect. Always yeah. for respect. Wasn't right. right now. So right. um yeah. I definitely understand um the blackout and, and having to prove yourself and say like I'm not about to just be like you ain't just I you know, all three of y'all hit you with the bird, man. All three yeah. of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all my days, bro. Straight up. Yeah, and that's why so, and that's why I played so aggressive, bro. That's why I played like that. I just always yeah. like no, that makes it makes sense. Um, but what can we do? What, what can we do, could have done? What could you have done? Or what could the University of Virginia have done? What could we have done to allow you to see everything that you was meant to see? You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I say that in the case of first, tell everybody like, all right, you go through UVA, you they they play you, you started linebacker, you started, you know, I think you even played some games at DB. Um, you, you you play defensive end. You're 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 one hell of a special teams player. And I told Leroy Redner, we were just talking about this recently. Actually, I said I said I told you and I told the star. This draft thing don't mean nothing. This draft yeah. thing don't mean nothing. Y'all boys gonna play ten, eleven years just off STs. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like, so yeah. Look at Roy. You still, still doing? Don't even worry about it, man. Like you gonna you gonna go and like unlike me, y'all boys gonna go down here. Y'all bigger. Y'all faster. Y'all stronger. Y'all can play 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, straight yeah. STs. You know what I'm saying? I and, and I told us all that. I told uh, Leroy that. And, you know, yeah. I believe it with all my heart. So I know that as soon as uh, all I started, it was an opportunity, and he got the opportunity. He got it with yeah. the Cleveland Browns. So talk us through your, uh, your, post-UVA, your post-UVA situation, man, when you went to the Browns and, and mm-hmm. all everything that you had to go through after that. Okay, so um, yeah, I got that shot with the Browns. With the Browns, man, I came out the pro day, man. I ran like a four, five, six, at like two thirty. Uh, Roy, Roy ran something crazy too. We was just killing it, man. Like I knew I wasn't getting drafted because of all my stuff. I didn't bounced around this, that. But Roy, we we, I, we thought Roy was gonna get drafted because he was coming off a hell of a season that last year, and you know Roy's excellent off the field. You know what I mean? So he didn't end up getting drafted. I didn't end up getting drafted. But um, you know, right after the draft, like. You know, like seven, eight teams called me. You know, so at this point, I get to choose where I want to go. You know what I mean? So I chose to go with Cleveland because their linebackers were just like trash. Like they had their linebackers sucked, and I knew that I could go in there and I could I could take over. So and that's what I ended up doing. All right, they gave me a three day tryout. They ended up signing me right after the three days. They cut the guy from Hawaii that they drafted uh, linebacker. They linebacker they drafted in like the fifth round or something. They ended up letting him go. They signed me. Um, they had me at um, they had they signed me and I went in there. I thinking I was gonna play outside linebacker, right? So my agent telling me, "Yo, you're going in as an outside linebacker, this and that." So I get there and they got me at, with the middle linebackers. I'm looking on the depth chart. They got me at the, with the middle linebackers. I've never played middle linebacker before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is like you know, this is the NFL. I want the I want the, the best in your locker. Huh? You said what? They got the necro in your locker, huh? 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Middle linebacker. So I go to the coach, and I say, oh, coach, um, I think you guys got, got me with the wrong group. I'm an outside linebacker. He said, no, Walcott, we got you with the right group. You're a middle, we put you at a middle linebacker. So I'm like, dang. Uh, I never played, I'm, the whole time I've been training for, as an outside linebacker. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rushing the passer. Yeah, yeah. you were doing the wrong as, drills. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been dropping, you know, the drops are different in the middle linebacker, the angles yeah, are different. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all that stuff, I never dropped as a, as a middle, so all that stuff, you know, plays, plays, a, plays a role. So I get in there, I'm now I'm like, dang, man. So that kind of dropped my little, like, you know, I was going in there like I ain't nobody messing with me now. Like, but now that kind of like you know that kind of ain't ain't it didn't it didn't like it didn't destroy my confidence. But it was kind of like you playing a new position in the NFL, and this is your this is your chance, your shot. You know what yeah. I mean? So like I ended up going in there, and I, they couldn't block me. Like I'm seeing, the, and, and you know what's crazy? I played DN. So when I played DN at UVA, like that's when I really learned. Like, um, that's when I really learned about, you know, offense alignment and, you know, their tendencies, even though you would think that the linebacker coach would teach you that stuff, but now it was the D and it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, um, I forgot what, what his name was, uh, I, I did some line coach, but yeah, coach Hanson, yo. coach Hanson, when I left college, yo, I realized coach Hanson was a good coach, bro. Coach Hanson was bro, a very good a, coach. How you feel about Renfro saying that coach Hanson said all that shit about him? What's that about? I don't, I don't even know what happened. What happened? Yeah, yeah, man. We ain't even gonna get in that. We'll talk about that all uh, time. I thought you, I, I thought you heard about that. All right. Oh no, no, no! I didn't hear about that. But now, Coach Hanson was actually right. a good coach, man. He was just a hard nose, hard nose coach. He just, he's old school. You know what I mean? But yo, he taught me so much. So now I'm playing middle linebacker with, with the with Cleveland, and I can see the guards pull right before they pull. I can see the down block because Hanson taught me that. I can, I know when they're about to kick back and pat. So I'm. I'm flying through holes. You know, that, that makes I mean? a good point. Hold on, Lassar. That makes a good point that you just mentioned right there. That that, that I didn't that I, that always frustrated me um, with what Renfro had said. But and I know Renfro was work hard. I ain't gonna say nothing. But Lassar never got anybody that had an issue with Coach Hanson didn't like to work. And Lassar never had issues with working hard, man. So if you pushed him, no. he was gonna go to the he was gonna be pushed. You know what I'm saying? Right. People can't handle being pushed. Some people don't like being pushed. Yeah, you know I saying? never had a problem with Coach Hanson. Coach Hanson thought I was a hell of a player. That's also going to speak to your story. That's also going to speak to your story and why you can't and why you can't lose going forward, no matter what situation comes up to you. The fact that you work and when you work, you can't never be down. The only thing you can do is come up. Yeah, you can. So, coach, I never had a problem with coach. The only problem coach ever had with me was getting in trouble. He used to sit me down like, yo, you know, you're the best. Yo, they used to tell me they used to be like, yo, you know, you're the best out here. Like, why are you always, you know what I mean? They were trying to pull me in. They were trying to reel me in, but I was just, you know, I was already stuck in my ways. I don't even know, but I never had a problem with Coach Hanson. So when I went to uh, Cleveland, you know, I could see, like, everything was just, it was just slow. Like, the game just slowed down for some reason. And I guess they, I guess, you know, the, the coaches knew to put me at middle linebacker because they couldn't block me. And when they did get their hands on me, either they were holding me, they were pushing me, you know, something, and, like, you know, the coach has seen that. So they gave me the three-day tryout. Um, they end up signing me. And now, you know, the big dogs come in. Everybody comes in now. Um, so they put me uh, – um, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the vets came in, they had me at the um, – you know, they had me at the bottom of the depth chart with all the other rookies and stuff like that. And um, at first they had me, you know, they had me playing the linebacker that did, uh, Dequel Jackson – was playing you know he was the one you know Dequel was the one that you know he was at that time he was like a 10-year vet he was the one that was you know calling all the calls he was you know they had me behind him but I was at the bottom of the chart behind him 
Um, it was him and it was Craig Robinson that were the two starting middle linebackers. So, like, probably about, like, the third or fourth practice, they end up moving me to second string behind Craig. You know what I'm saying? Behind Craig. So, like, and I knew I was a better, I knew I was better than him. You know what I mean? So, like, I see what, I seen what they were trying to do. You know what I mean? And Dequell kind of took a liking to me uh, because, like, I, he, just, he just seen how, like, you know, how, like, passionate I was about the game. I kind of, like, I kind of did what I, you know, I kind of did what, 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 like I did with you, Minnie. I kind of, like, got close to him and try to learn. Like, you know, you got to learn from the guys that are the best. You know what I mean? So, yeah. he's seen that. I would do that and I would ask him questions and stuff like that. So, like, you know, you know, he's seen that. And I, I feel like the coaches kind of seen that, too, that he, you know, he took a liking to me. So, they had me, uh, they had moved me to second string behind Craig Robinson. And I knew I was going to take Craig's spot. And Craig was actually out of there the next year. He went to, he ended up going to the Saints. Like they had ended up cutting him, he ended up going to the Saints. So I knew if I would have stayed there, it would have been me and Dequell was playing at that. But, um, so I was balling out. Like they loved me. You know what I mean? So, like, um, you know, you get that break. You get that little break to come back home right before, uh, right before training camp officially starts. Yeah, right before training camp officially starts. And me coming home, Hanging around the wrong crowd, I end up going to this to this to this club, right? I know nothing about the club. I did no research on the club. I don't know where it's at. I don't know I don't know nothing about this club, right? So I'm just listening to my friends. They said it's gonna be a good time, so I just I uh, I mean oh, come on, we we out. Not not listening, not doing nothing. I should have did my research on where I'm going, who's gonna be there. So I end up going to this club. And I get in the club, and I already knew, like, damn, I should, in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't be at this shit, man. This shit was in the middle of the hood. It was just somewhere, you would never in your life walk in that place. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just something oh, that was hey. like, you just I was trying to turn, turn around at the door. You know what I'm saying? You can take, you can take my money. I'm out the back. Yo, you know me. But you, you know, know, you know, know me, I'm me, out. Man. But you know me, right, you being know. A, like, I came with y'all, so, like, I'm going to walk in with y'all, like, not even thinking about myself, you know, thinking about... My, my people I'm with and stuff. So we in a club, and uh, and, a, and the club lets like somebody I'm with kind of kind of gets into an altercation with somebody in the club. Club lets out. Then they, they don't get in like a fight. They just like you know like a little little argument or whatever. The club yeah, lets yeah. out. The club lets out, and they kind of like outside. You know, like you know everybody comes outside standing around. Like people going to do stuff and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I told one of my friends, "Yo, come on, man, let's get let's get out of here. We out." And boom, dude, as soon as after I said that, this dude came up to me. Like, I, well, he ain't, I didn't even see him. He just snuck me. Boom. He snuck me. Uh, I remember he, he snuck me. I turned around. I punched him in the face. Uh, he ends up falling, hitting his head, going into a coma. Um, then his friends tried to jump on me. I ended up, you know, doing whatever to their friends. And it was crazy. I ended up getting out of there. Uh, and then, like, three days later... Um, my mom's calling me like, yeah, uh, you know, the cops are looking for you. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to go, you know, tell them what happened. I got here first. I get down to the police station. I turn myself in. I get down to the police station. They sit me down. They uh, they run me through the system. They sit me down to the police station. They're like, um, they leave my charges. I'm like, you know, I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, you guys are charging me? And not only that, they leave my charges. They, they charge me with attempted murder. So... They charged me with attempted murder and like three other charges. You know, that's, that's coming like, you know, I was facing like 15 years. Like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. prison, you know, prison time, 15 years. So, um, 
boom, they locked me up right there. Boom, that's it. I just came down there just to turn myself in. And now I'm locked, I'm locked up. I'm thinking I was going home. You know what I mean? So uh, they ended up setting my bill at a half a million dollars. So, you know, with no 10%. So that means I have to pay the half a million to get out. You know what I mean? So, how they, how they even know it was you that was there? That that's the that's the that's the whole thing. So come to find out, because I ended up going to trial, ended up taking my case to trial, right? So ended up taking my case to trial. So now trial comes and everybody has to take the stand. I gotta take the stand. Those people, the kids gotta take the stand. The witnesses that wrote statements about me have to take the stand. And mind you, I got charged in 2013. They dragged me out to 2017. So they destroyed my career. You know what I'm saying? Even though my my yeah, career was probably going to be done anyway because of the situation. As soon as your but name maybe, showed up in the in the newspaper, as soon as your name showed up in the newspaper, man, yeah, like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, who who how do they even know to go for you? That's what I'm trying to say. You talking about like the 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 cops? Yeah. The, the they they I, I got right. Somebody somebody told them. That's crazy. Yeah. So come to so I go to trial right. I'm facing, I'm facing years. They offer me like, you know, I'm get facing like 15 years. Then they offer me 10 years. I say no. And they offer me like seven years. I say no. Then like five. I say no. Then like two. I say no. Then like a year. I say no. Their last offer was like five years probation. I'll be a felon and a $25,000 fine. I said, hell no. I said, let's go to trial. You know, I ain't no quit. I ain't, I ain't going to lay down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I said, let's go to trial. You know, it costs 50000 to go to trial. I'm like, fuck it. Let's go to trial. Let's do it. So now they're like, damn, this kid's serious. You know, he's go to trial. You know what I mean? He's not like they, you know, they do that so you cop out. You can't name yeah. listen, if you do your history, you can't name one NFL person that that got charged with something and took their case to trial besides Ray Lewis and OJ Simpson. Yeah. Even though I didn't have a career in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? But even anybody, anybody that gets in trouble. They cop out. They cop out whether it's a probation. They actually go into jail. They they pay somebody money. They pay a family off. They get charged with like a slap on the wrist. But nobody nobody rides it all the way out. You know what I mean? Why would you do that? But I had to right. because of the circumstances I was facing. I was facing like, you know, prison time. So there was no way that I couldn't ride it out. Like, you know, and then if I copped out, you know, they would have been like, you know, he did it. You know what I mean? But all I did was defend myself. That's why I beat trial. You know what I mean? So, long story short, I get to trial, and, you know, trial is for a month. So, they dragged me up from 2013 to all... I had to go to court every other day for, 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 for four years, from 2013 to 2017. I go to trial. That, that, it drained me mentally. I was drained. Like, I was... I was I, I, like, you should have seen me. I, I looked bad. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't look healthy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, I'm drained mentally, man. Like, I couldn't even, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was the hard... That's the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Was was that period? Was that period of of my, of my life right there? Was the hardest, and and like it was it was like they do it on purpose. I understand why like you know these people just like you know give up and they just go to jail and it's draining, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so did you? Um, so did you to, ever? Like, did you do any time? Did I what? Yeah, did I, you do I, any I had time? to sit. Yeah, I sat for six months in the county six because months. I couldn't. I could. Yeah, six months because my bill was a half a million. I couldn't. I couldn't get yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm sitting for six months and this high profile lawyer ends up coming to me. Like, kid, I know what they're doing to you. This is wrong. He's like, yo, I know you can't afford me. You know, he was like, it, take, it, it costs like 20000 for me to just open this folder and look at your paperwork. 
you know, he was he was he was the number two he was a number two ranked lawyer in the in, in, in like the country or whatever. He was like a power lawyer, they call him or whatever. Um he represented the first mob case in the United States. He represented like he, he did the guy the, the guy that made the, the um the fake IDs for the guys that hijacked the the plane in nine eleven. Yeah. He represented that guy and got him off. Hmm. You know what I mean? So like this was like a high profile lawyer, like you know, so he ended up just coming to me out of nowhere. I'm sitting in my cell one day, you know, maybe like, this is maybe like, you know, almost close to six months. And I'm just sitting in there and he comes to me, like, you got to visit. And it's him. And he like, I'm going to take your case. After he told me he was going to take my case, I was probably out three days after that. He got my, he got my bail knocked down in half. I was able to put up some money, some cash, and I was able to put up a house. And I was able to get out. That's crazy. Yeah, so after the six months, I, now I'm home. Um, it's still crazy out here, you know. People and now these kids, I heard you know these kids looking for me. This that they riding around the city, you know, you know, you know, wanted wanted to do stuff to me, you know what I mean? So yeah. now I'm caught up in all types of stuff, you know. Or for one bad decision, I'm caught up in all types of stuff. I can sell everything I had. I have nothing. I have zero dollars in my name. I have nothing. Um, so now I gotta, you know, I gotta try to beat this case. They're dragging it out. Um, so I ended up going to the trial in 2017, and this girl takes the stand, right? One of the witnesses that said Saul was the aggressor out there. He started the fight. This that. So she takes the stand, right? She get no, I'm lying. Look, she had to go. She had to go on the stand on a on a this girl from Harlem, yo. She was, yo, She had to go up on the stand on like a Wednesday. She was in school. She was do, she was do, she was doing finals. She had to go on the stand on a Wednesday. Court ended up going longer that day, so she had to come back on that Thursday. So she, she's mad now because, you know, she took off from school in his finals. So she's mad. Yeah. So she's from Harlem. So, you know, the detectives, the cops have to pick her up and drop her off. So on their way dropping her off, she's in the backseat talking shit. She's in the backseat talking shit on the phone. Like, I don't even know why we're still doing this. She was like, I'm the one that told those, I'm the one that told them that Asar played in the NFL and they said they was going to rob him after the night was gone, when the night was over. She was like, we even talked about how we could get money out this shit uh, a couple days ago. Like they still was trying to get money out of the situation, you know what I mean? So the cop is hearing, you know, as yeah, a cop, yeah. he has to go back, he has to go back and, and tell, or else he, he could be involved in the case, you know what I mean? Yeah. He has to go back yeah. and tell. So he goes back and tells, the next day, my lawyer cross-examines her, she breaks, she folds. She folds, breaks down on the stand. She starts crying. She said, I'm sorry. She said, Asar, she said, Asar was literally running behind the cars trying to get away. She was like, he was telling him to, to chill. And she was like, he just snapped. And once he snapped, she was like, everybody, bro, he just, he just started, like, bro, I knocked out, I knocked out five people that night. Like he wasn't the only one. He was just the only, he was just the one that fell and, and hit his head. You know what I'm saying? I blacked out. You know what I mean? After I got hit, I blacked out. And she was like, yo, she was like, I saw I was running behind the cars telling them to stop, like, to chill. And, like, they was really trying to, like, you know, like, these are some, these are some New York dudes. Like, they was, you know, they was, they was, you know, and out here in Jersey, a lot of the New York dudes, they come over here to Jersey and they rob the athletes. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, rob yeah. the athletes or whatever. So, you know, them not knowing that I didn't get none of that money or whatever, or, you know, you know, I had some money on me or whatever. I had nice, you know, jewelry, this and that. But, like, them, they, they probably thinking that I have the 1.5 million. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you know, yeah, so she, she ended up, and then the trial, the trial went, got spent, and then the jury found me not guilty in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 
after after my, my lawyer said he's never seen yeah my lawyer my lawyer said he's never seen it that fast and the the people in the jury started crying and coming up to me giving me hugs my lawyer said he's never seen that in his life like they were crying the people in the jury because after that girl started crying and told the truth like they just seen because I was shocked that she even said that too you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was shocked. I was like, are you serious? You took you took that long just to do, like, you know what I mean? It's just to the bench off. But the detective... So they, they, ain't, uh, they ain't offer you no settlement? You ain't countersue for, you know, your career, your potential earnings? Nothing? You couldn't do nothing of that? I, I, I mean, that's, that's nah, crazy. I mean, it's great that you're not guilty, but for what they took away from you, that, that's got to be some more than that, right? I believe I could have sued and stuff like that, but, bro, I was so drained mentally from court. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't want to ever step back into court again. So, like, now, I, like, now, like, people tell me, like, you know, I think it was, like, I mean, I know there's a time limit, but there was times when I could have probably went back and did it and stuff like that. But, like, at that time, bro, like, I just, I was just happy that I was found not guilty, bro. I just, I just got out of there and I never went back. And I never called another yeah. lawyer, you know what I mean? I was, I was, like, yeah. I was, like, mentally just, like, I was, I was, I was messed up, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know the crazy yeah, thing is, have you ever seen anything time. like that before, saw? Like what? Anything like, like that? Where, yeah, like we're not uh, extending your situation, but one decision turning into a mess. You know what I'm saying? Nah. And you're sitting up close and personal because you know I've seen that before, and that's one of the reasons why when I isolate myself, that's where my isolation came from. I seen a kid that was one of my best friends in high school get um, get accused of rape by a white lady or a white girl in school with him. And lose his scholarship, lose his scholarship to play football. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I never knew anybody personally. Just those little like small decisions. I didn't see those small decisions turn into big outcomes. And that was that was that was the thing that scared me the most, man. I was never gonna give nobody that that ability to ruin everything I've been working for. You know what I'm saying? And and that's literally where my isolation came from. I said, man. One decision can literally, and it could be out of your control, but one decision could ultimately yeah. no, finish sure. you off. And, you uh, I never seen it. Up, I never seen it up close personally that extreme. You know what I mean? I never knew. I never met anybody that went to trial. I never knew anybody that went to trial. You know what I mean? So there was no yeah. one I could call for advice. Yeah, I never knew nah, anybody crazy, that went man. to like that went to trial and like and actually beat trial. I never knew anybody. You know what I mean? So. I didn't know who to call or who to like reach out to or anything. All I could talk to was my lawyer about it. And you know, I always used to feel uncomfortable. I never used to like staying after the party. Like those type of situations, you know, you just realize that man, you done been, you done got through it so many times and ain't yeah. nothing ever happened. But as soon but as you is, as soon as uh, somebody sees you as somebody with something, and I kind of was always used like that my entire life. So I always had that like over, you know, over um awareness of the environment, right? Um, Just because of my dad or who he was. You know what I'm saying? So I always had people that I felt that was always looking at me and I could always be a target, right? I could always be a target. So when it goes back to, though, what you said earlier, yo, it's me always being like, yo, I came with you. Like, I'm 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 going to hold you down. Like, always, sometimes that, sometimes that being loyal is like, it's a gift and a curse, man. Because I could have easily just been like, listen, like, not not even loyal, but like sometimes you gotta be selfish, man. Like, oh, you, you know what I mean? I could I could have easily yeah, been man. like, nah, man, I'm out of here. You know, but me being like the person who I am, I'm like, nah, man. Like, I came with you. I make sure you get home. To, like, you know what I'm saying? But like, 
what happened, none of that happened when I was facing, I mean, when I was behind bars, like, no, nobody came and put money up, none of those people. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like. That's how it usually yeah. happens, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I mean, yo, I've learned, so I've grown so much from that experience, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even talk about years ago, like maybe a year ago, two like maybe like two years ago, a year ago, but I couldn't even have this conversation with you. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even, I couldn't even like build the the courage up or whatever to even talk about it to somebody else. You know, my situation, you know, I was embarrassed. I was, you know, like I could never, but now I'm to the point where I've worked on myself and I could, I want to tell my story. I could talk to people about it. Like, you know, I'm just comfortable with who I am now. You know what I'm saying? But years ago, I couldn't even, I, I, that's why you never, that's why probably you never seen me since then. You know what I mean? Right. Since 2013. And you guys so, seen all, you guys seen all each other. I couldn't bring myself around under that. I couldn't, but now I'm to a point in my life where I worked on myself so much that like, you know, like you see me right now, and probably I, I look the same. Like you probably you were like you would never think anything happened to me. But this is the thing, though, you know. And I was thinking about this the other day. Like, what motivates you now? What motivates you now to be the person that is rewriting the story? What motivates you to say, you know, I'm better and I'm different? Um, just I just, just you know, life, man. Like life continues. Life goes on. Like. Like I like 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 football just wasn't my life, you know what I mean? Like I have a whole nother, you know, chapter and a whole nother like journey to go on. So like just knowing that like sky's the limit, you can achieve anything, you can go and be anything that you want to be, you could do what you love, you can make as much money as you want, you could have success, you could have, you know, just knowing that, you know, just having that in your head, that's what motivates me. Like there's so many other ways. I always was like so like tunnel vision that like I would just be like, no, if it's not football, then it's, you know, I can't make it. I can't make it happen. I can't. But now going through all of that, it's just like, yo, like football is just a small part of my life. Um, there's so many other things that are out there for me that I can, I could be happy with doing it. I can make money doing it. I can take care of my family doing it. And like, you know, I always just thought it was just football, 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 football. Cause that's all I did since I was five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like now that it was taken from me for a period of time, I had to like re reinvent myself kind of like, you know what I'm saying? So like I had to For learn sure. about like other things I'm good at. Like, you know what I mean? I'm good at like I didn't even know. Like I'm good at like public speaking and motivating people. Like I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like people somehow motivate them and this and that. I never thought that I motivated anybody. You know what I mean? But like going through that experience, you know, it opened up other doors for me. And now I got people that want me to tell my story because they say it motivates them. I've never thought I was a motivator, you know? So like it just it just it's just like just like looking at life and where where life can go right now, like where you could take it, you could take it anywhere. You know what I mean? So that's well, you, what motivates me. You are the definition of you will tell your story, nobody else will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, they you're the definition of that, and that's respect. That you know what I'm saying that that respect you've been fighting for, and yeah. that respect that you that you that you wouldn't let nobody take from you. At the end of the day, people respect people will forever respect you for not allowing somebody to tell your story and you do and you concede to that story you know what i'm saying that's what i see and that's what i respect for you even though i've always had respect for you but first and foremost i like to see somebody go through something and keep fighting through it because a lot of people fold in tough situations you know what i'm saying a lot of people fold in tough situations man and i don't really give nobody no stripes until they've been through something 
and you know yeah. really been through something something where you like I ain't got nowhere to go but up you know what I'm saying yeah. like it been through some stuff it was hard man it was hard like it, it, like it, that, those were the times that really showed me who I was like you know what I mean like it was like 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 who are you what you gonna do right now you don't got nowhere yeah, to, what yeah, you gonna exactly. do you know what I mean? Exactly. I can learn. And, then, and then going through that whole thing, that whole process, you know, life is still going on. So I got other things going on that are like happening, but I still got to deal with this trial and this case, stuff like that. Like I lost, I lost like two, I lost my best friend. My best friend got killed. I lost another good friend. He committed suicide. Like, and this is all going in, like, you know what I mean? My best friend killed, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But I still got to deal with life at the same time. So you know what I mean? Like, it was just crazy. It was just crazy stuff. Bro. And, like, honestly, so, I don't even know how I didn't fold, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really Well, you know, you know, everybody's not everybody's not built to go through what you went through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody's not built for that, man. Those, those, those tests are only built for certain people. And, and not, yeah. to mean that, not, to mean, not to mean that, you know what I'm saying, you was meant to go through it. But at the end of the day, you was meant to go through it. You know what I'm saying? As messed up as that sounds, you're going to be better because of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um... I have a friend that was in the NFL, right? I'm not going to say his name, but I have a friend that was in the NFL. He was playing for a couple of different teams. He ended up getting cut. He ended up getting cut. And you know how it is when we get cut, like when we, we can't play ball anymore, you can go into like a, some people go into a depressed, like, you know, depressed yeah, stage. Sure. You know what I'm saying? He ended yeah. up, he, we were living, like we were living by each other. And we were living in the same apartment building. He ended up getting cut. Um, one day his girlfriend called me. I'm in the shower. His girlfriend called me. Like, could you please go downstairs and check on Adrian? Uh, I said, could you please go downstairs oh. and check on him? And check on him. Yo, he ended up hanging himself. You know, I know I, went down, I know, yeah. I know exactly. He was with the scares with me. Yeah, you know, I found him. Nah, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I tied him down. Because his wow. girlfriend called me and told me to go check on him. Like, I found yeah, him. Yeah, man, like that. that's... That's crazy. And I, that's somebody, I was like with this. him. I was with him every day. We was training. He was trying to get back in the league. He was about to go up to the CFL. You know, I'm trying to. I was trying to work out and you know try to have some type of hope of playing somewhere. And you know, we were together. Like we kept each other. Like you know, workout partners or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. I guess. And I didn't really know him that much. All I knew, all I, all I knew, like we were just like you know we worked out together all the time. So I didn't know what he had yeah, going yeah. on and well, off the, you know, his other life, you know, everything else that's going on. Just like, he didn't really know. He knew I was going through trial, but he didn't know to the, like, extent. He didn't know all the extent. details and stuff. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean? So, yeah. So this is what, this what I want you to, this is what I want you that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a good parallel. And um, I want you to talk about and give somebody out there the advice or what you would what you would tell them if they feel like they can't keep going. Um, if if you feel like you can't keep going, honestly, you have to go and find somebody or something that you have love for, that you respect, that you care for, that you care about. Um, and you gotta go talk. You have to get it off of your chest. You have to express yourself. Um, you have to talk to people like. If you need therapy, you, you, you take therapy. Um, it's not. It's nothing wrong with that stuff. You got to see a, a you know a, a shrink. You go see a shrink. There's nothing wrong with that. Even if you have to go talk to your grandmother, uh, your your brother, your sister, but you can't keep the things bottled up in you because sooner or later it just explodes. It's like a, you know what I mean? It's like when you shake up soda. 
sooner or later, yeah. it's just going to explode. Shake it up too much, it's just going to explode. And that's what I did for so many years. I would never express myself. I would never, you know, now, I never sorry, would express when, when, myself. When did you have your, when did you have your, do- you have a son or a daughter? I have a son and a daughter. Son and a daughter. So when did you first yeah, have your true. first child? Uh, I was a sophomore in college. Did that play any role in the fight that you had to to never give up? My children? Yeah. Oh yeah, my daughter. Yeah, my daughter. My daughter. My daughter saved my life. My four year old daughter. So that's even that's like, speak, 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 to that, speak to that point. That why that love like. Even if yeah, you don't my, have like a, a a daughter or anything like that, you gotta, yeah, find, you gotta something find something that means yeah, you more than you. Life. Yeah, my you know daughter. My daughter ended up saving my life. I had her, and um. I had her in 2000, and um, I had her in 2016. Um, and if I didn't have her, you know, I had her right before I went to trial. You know what I mean? She was a little baby, so I'm going in trial with this, you know, with this baby at home and stuff like that. And like, I didn't quit because I would go home, I would see her. Um, I just seen her. She was just so beautiful, like, you know what I mean? She like, she made me happy. She took like all the pain away. I, you know, every time I was just with her, the pain went away. I didn't think about the outside things that were going on when I, when I, you know, when I was with her and when I was around her. And, you know, I would leave her and then boom, or the pain, boom, things were just hitting me back or whatever. So I always made sure I was with her, always, always, always. I always, I was always, I was always just with her. I even set up to the point where like, um, like I, uh, I stayed with her throughout the whole day. And then when her mom came home, I went to work. You know what I mean? I never wanted anybody else to be around her. I never, you know what I mean? Like, I always wanted to be with her. You know what I'm saying? So, like, she just, like, the love that um, I could see that she just used to give me, the way she looked at me and stuff like that. Like, I knew that I had to continue to fight for her because I knew that, like, if I quit, like, and then later on in life, if she knows, like, yo, damn, my father quit, like, she's going to think that's okay for her to quit. You know what I mean? So, like, I knew I had to be that example for her because now she's getting older and, like, she's really understanding who I am. You know what I mean? Like, she's understanding, like, damn, like, my daddy played football. My daddy did this. You know, my daddy works here. My daddy, you know, and she understands, like, you know what I mean? Like, my, like she tells her friend, like, my daddy played football. You know what I mean? Like, she understands. And, like, I'm here to tell her and talk to her about it when I could have quit and I could have been dead or in jail or, you know, I could it could have been turned out so many ways, you know what I mean. But like the love that I had for her allowed me to just keep going. Like, I didn't love it, like bro. I was like I was I was really like destroyed. Like football was everything for me, you know what I mean. Like and like it felt like it just took the love out of me. Like I went, I was so depressed. I was so like, you know what I mean. And then she came, and then I felt like I could love again. Yeah, you know what I mean. I felt like I could love again. I felt like I could live again. I felt like I could, I felt like, as you know, I could tell, I, I wasn't even getting haircuts. <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah. like, damn, let me go get, let me go get a real haircut. Let me, let me shake the beard up. Let me look, you yeah, know. Let me not scare the baby girl. I want to go to the mall with let me not scare the baby girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I want oh, I wanted to, and I was living in Philly. So, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I want to get it, I would want to get dressed nice, get her dressed, a little matching outfit maybe or something like that. Go to the mall, my stroller. You know what I mean? Like, she made me want to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah, before, right. I was just so depressed, I wouldn't come out. You wouldn't see me out besides going to work. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. she made me, like, live again. You know what I mean? But I had to find I had to find that one thing. 
like you know that that inspired me she inspired me she motivated me like she just she gave me life again and that was my one yeah. thing you know what i mean that's what's up man so in business and sports and life in general from asara's advice keep your keep your why and your purpose close in tough times so yeah. that's dope man um so tell everybody what you're doing now entrepreneurship business everything that you're working on at current time same time man yeah, well, right now, um, me and my partner, well, we, yeah, me and my, one of my close friends, uh, we got a gym. We have a gym together, a facility, a sports facility where we train athletes. Um, so I'm an athletic trainer. Um, I train, you know, high school, college. Um, and I got, I got a couple, I got like two or three pro guys or guys that are like, you know, guys that are trying to get back into the league or trying to make it and stuff like that. But we got a beautiful facility. Um, you know, we just we just been training, man. I've been giving back to the youth, talking to these kids, mentoring them, showing them that you know there's there's things you can do outside of football, teaching them how to network, teaching them how to you know become their own. You can become your own agent. You can market your own. You can market yourself. You don't always need somebody to to go and do that for you. You can be proactive. You can do it yourself. You can reach out to these schools. You can get a LinkedIn and start reaching out to scouts. You can do all that stuff because that's what I was doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I'm just teaching. I'm just giving them the game, giving them all. Or the just how like you know how you used to do to me like I just give them everything and you know some yeah. are gonna take it some are not gonna take it I'm talking to them I'm mentoring them, I'm telling them how important it is you know to choose to be around the right people how important it is to, uh, to have grades together how important it is to listen to your coaches and listen to people that are telling you things because they tell you for a reason if they keep telling you over and over it's because of reason you know I told I tell them you got you can't like this game of football you got to think of it as a business and you can't take this stuff personal. You know, this is not people feed their families off this type of stuff. So if you're gonna get into this, you have to get you have to be a hundred percent into this. You can't lollygag around with this and make bad decisions and this and that. So, you know, I'm like a big brother to most of them. You know, like yeah. they just they just hear Cleveland Browns and they just you know, you know what I mean? So like I understand that, but I tell them that it's bigger than football, you gotta give back to the people, you gotta this, you gotta do that and stuff like that. And then I'm also doing a um I'm also doing the uh uh, um, a doc, a documentary series on my story, yeah. on my life that uh, we're gonna sell to Netflix or we're gonna we're gonna pitch to Netflix. Um, and I got a good a good a good lawyer that um, that has like a lot of connections inside the industry. He's like a um, he's like a he's an entertainment lawyer, so um, he has a few connections with Netflix, Showtime, ABC, and this that. So like the story that you know that my story, you know, it's a real story. So like it can't be like duplicated you know what i mean this this really happened in my life like i really had to go to trial i really had to you know i really was facing 10 years in prison i really did this i really did i really was one of the best athletes so like yeah. we're gonna try to pitch it to you know to netflix or this and that and not to mention you know i don't know if people will notice but uh notice but my situation i got I, I got locked up and my whole situation happened the same day as aaron hernandez the same day mm. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Like, didn't know that. It was like three of us that got arrested. It was me, Aaron Hernandez, and like another another guy that he got arrested on. He didn't get arrested with murder charges, but it was something. And they yeah. broke my story on ESPN. I can go on YouTube right now, pull it up. They broke my yeah. story. It says Aaron Hernandez and Asar Walcott charged with murder and attempted murder. And boom, they went right into Aaron's story and just left my name up there. You know what I'm saying? So you just click on that TV, all you see is. You don't even know my job, my, my 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 situation just a punch. He thinking yeah. Aaron's. He's probably doing the same thing Aaron's doing. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So like that killed me. That's the crazy. media killed me with all that. You know what I mean? They, they, you know, I know, I know how they do the stuff, and they, but they just left my name up there. You know what I'm saying? And they went yeah. and they talked about Aaron's situation, how he did this, how he did that. So my name, Saul Walcott, is just up there. And at the end of the day, people people gonna believe what they see, not knowing the story. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that's why I'm that's why I'm happy to let you express it, get clear some of the air for a lot of the people that are, you know, UVA alumni and and friends of ours that you know maybe still haven't even talked talked to you in a minute. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and still and, and still maybe you're even thinking thinking different. But you know, for for you know, even through all that situation, I always knew it was a situation where. Asar, he might, he might, he might, uh, he might get into it with somebody, but he ain't do it out of the blue. You know what I'm nah, saying? He ain't do it, he nah. ain't do it out of the blue. I know that for a fact. So, um, you know, I always wanted to, I always do, you know, some remorse for that situation for sure, and for you because I knew the potential and the opportunity you had ahead of you. Um, I just, I just hate that it had to be that that one decision that that can cause so much, so much issues. But at the same time. You know what I'm saying? You're learning and you're growing at the same time, so you can't right. you can't be so mad at it. Um, Max, you got any questions? Nah, pretty much. That's, that's a crazy story, man. I hope all the Netflix and stuff goes well with you. And yeah, like Chase said, man, we're glad you get your side of the story out because I think there are a lot of people who, you know, what I'm saying they just think that you pulled out some brass knuckles and just went crazy outside the club. Nah, yeah, nah, hell no, guys. I literally got charged for uh, for one punch. For one punch. One punch. And, yeah. you know, the thing is, a lot of people in our society got to stop targeting our people. I can't stand yeah, right. that. You know, that's what we do, though. Same, man. That's, that's, what, that's what we do. That's, that is our culture. I don't know why we do that to each other. But, but that, it has it to is. stop. It has to stop. You know what I'm saying? It has to stop. I mean, the same thing with Nipsey Hussle. The same thing with... It's just a story that's that never that. ends. Even, even, even not even on that level of, like, celebrity and stuff like that. Huh? You got to stop trying to bring people back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People getting out, man. Encourage people getting out. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I, I can never be mad at myself for not trusting people. And that's one thing. I, I, I if, you, if you was close to me, you was close to me. If I let you in, I let you in. But ultimately, I didn't trust people outside of that. And I was always weary that somebody would try to, one, take your life, two, take something from you, or three, yeah. set you up in a situation. You know what I'm saying? And right. always being aware of that. So I hope that you know, you use your story, man, to teach these kids that have the same potential, if not more potential than you did, that one decision can change your life and you're living testimony for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I try to preach it up now. I mean, it's some, it's some, like, it's so many ballers out here in New Jersey, man. And some of them don't even, like you said, they don't even make it to the college level. So you would never even know. But it's like a, it's, it's so many. There's so many out here, you know, and I try to just get them when I, when I try to grab them when they're young, try to guide them and show them that, like, yo, listen, like, you could actually change your life. You can change your family's life. You can do this, you can do that. But, like, you can't do that making these type of decisions. And they respect me and respect it because they know my story. And they yeah. see me here today, you know, uh, you know, standing on my two feet as, as a man. You know what I mean? So, like, they respect that. And... If there's one thing I can say that I know for sure, I, I ain't have to worry about Asari, the fact that Asari is going to work. And I said the same thing about Perry Jones when he was on the podcast, that no matter what gets thrown at Perry Jones, he was going to be all right. And I felt the same yeah. way about Asari. And his was thrown a little bit more than most people. But at the end of the day, he still showed that the fact of your true character's work 
then you yeah. can handle any type of situation that comes your way as long as you stick to your principles and, and take yeah. it one day at a time and put your best foot forward every day. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I ain't got nothing but yeah, I always, that, I always, I always understood that about life. I always understood that that I always had a you know a good sense of I always knew if you worked hard, you could pass anybody, you could achieve anything. You know, like I always, I always knew that. Like you could be, you could be, you can be homeless today. If you get up and you go and you put that work in, and and you do what you got to do, you could become a millionaire. I always knew that. I always knew that. You know, but you know, some people want to like, you know, some people just quit and give up. But I always knew if you worked hard, you put the time and you put the hours in, you you you're on top of everything. You're doing what you need to do. I always knew that you're gonna see you're gonna see results. You're all you're gonna see results. You're gonna see results. And as long as you keep going, and you, the results will get better and better and better. But once you stop and you get comfortable, then that's when things start falling off. But I always knew that. That's why I always was able to be one of the best. I always knew that. Like if I, I knew I could outwork you any day, and I could get to where like you know where I want to be. You know what I mean? And I, that's how I do. That's how I treat life. You know what I mean? Like I know, like I know that I keep working, that things are gonna happen. It's just, it's just this how the world works. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the that's the that's the gas of the week, man. We do a gas of the week every week. We try to encourage everybody through their week, and that's gonna be this week. I don't let too many people do that. I think the last person I let take the gas was a uh, biscuit. So uh, you know, you number two, man. So you know, like like the song said, man. First of all, man, we appreciate you being on the podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to tell your story and. um you know, just educate everybody on one. You know, your circumstances doesn't have to be your story, and two, hard work, day in and day out, will get you out the hole. You know, and I mean, one thing I say is the fact of like, when things are going bad, sometimes you just gotta stop digging. You know what I'm saying? Once you stop digging, right. and you start putting that work behind it, you eventually start putting dirt in the hole, and the dirt starts raising right. you out the hole. So, right. and man, you, I know, I know one thing about you is you got your shovel out every day. And you you filling your hole up, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, keep doing your thing, boy. Uh, we ain't got nothing but love and respect for you, and we appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. It was good. It was, I'll be talking. I'll be talking to uh, you once in a while, Minnie. But it was good talking to you, Max. Man, yeah, man. Tell exactly sure. the thing. <laughs> let everybody know it. Let everybody know it. Let everybody know they can reach you, ass. Right? If they want to Oh, you could. Uh yeah, my Instagram is uh Asar underscore Walcott. Um, you can reach me on Facebook as well, Asar Walcott on Facebook. And um, yeah, that's about it, man. You, know, you can friend request me, whatever. I'll follow you back. I ain't that type of guy. Sorry, 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 man. Well, we gonna holler at y'all boys next week. We appreciate it. Rate and follow us on Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week.